What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, what are you made of? What are you made of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to listen or watch this episode. Uh, I'm excited to have a guest every time I have a guest, but especially today because I have Steve Odie with me today. Uh, he is from on the other side of the pond, as they say, and he's the traveling optimist. And I can't wait to dig into this with him. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that the book Rocket Fuel, my debut book, is available now. And I had a forward written uh, by the only person I would really want a forward written by, and that was Grant Cardone, the Mr. 10X. And uh, if you haven't heard of Grant Cardone, you need to go find out. Uh, he would say that that's his fault that you don't know who he is. But you know, he's a hero to me, a mentor to me, and I was so thankful to have him uh, write that book. And by the way, I want to explain something to everyone listening. When uh, he wrote the book, he decided to because of two things. One, I live to a certain standard. I, learned, I live that 10X standard that he talks about. And secondly, we made it worth his time. So those are two things that sometimes you have to do to get people to help you, lift you up. And so Rocket Fuel is available right now. Mike C-Rock with no K. That's like a crock. MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy for you, your family, friends, coworkers. And uh, let's help you know inspire the world with the message of turning setbacks into Rocket Fuel. So that's what What Are You Made Of is all about. We always like to start off the, the show with that question to our guest, Steve Odie, what are you made of? Hi, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. It's a, it's a really uh, a fantastic uh, pleasure to be uh, asked on, on to your show. So thanks very much, mate. Um, You're welcome, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I can't wait to get your book either. Uh, I'm looking forward to receiving that. So uh, I've, I've put it on my Christmas list. Love it. I love it, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for so, your support, man. It's a really good question. You know, what are you made of? And um, I think really for me, my life throughout has been guided by optimism. Um, it's something that I've, I've used pretty much throughout all my life. So for me, that's my sort of, is my life force really more than anything. It's my sort of superpower that, uh, it's not the only thing that, um, I live by, or it's the only, it's not the only characteristic that I, that I have. Um, you know, it's, I've managed to build up some resilience and, uh, and words like integrity and thing mean a lot to me, but I guess optimism stems back really from a, a childhood where, when I was young, I was bullied and my grandmother taught me a few things, you know, when I was that age, sort of eight or nine and um, that, have, that, that stayed with me throughout my life. So things like, you know, rising above it, it's not going to last. Um, she taught me the, the mantra about sticks and stones, you know, may break your bones, but words uh, can never hurt you. Now, that's not strictly true because words do hurt people. But what it did over time was build this sort of um, uh, well, it's like a force field, if you like. So it, that enabled me to, um, to rise above 
all of the issues that um that were going on in my life at that time um you know i've always been independent i've loved sport you know it's and and sport was also a release valve for me as well so you know i used to love cycling i lived in a, a part of part of england uh, called the peak district which was incredible and uh, me and my my mate craig we used to go out on a, on a bike and you know that was my happy space if you like uh, and and you know playing football or soccer um you know just meant that i could leave some of the the horrible stuff away but um so you might think that's kind of weird really how can you be optimistic after that sort of start but actually you know my, my nan never taught me to sort of she taught me to keep move keep moving forward and also she would never put up with somebody who's going to have a pity party <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she said look i don't want any of that nonsense you know this is what's happening now this is how you deal with it let's move forward look forward to the future you yeah. know and uh and be optimistic and she gets that purely because i think she had um tuberculosis and so she had to have a lung removed so she's lucky to be alive really and yeah. um and i think that kind of um mentality that uh joy of of life if you like transferred over through me i think i love that man well let, you know i'm big on uh looking up words and definitions like we talked about offline the other day and um for the for the listeners guys studying something and learning something it is imperative that you know the words that you're reading or hearing and if you don't know a word a lot of times right after you hear that word or read a word that you don't understand you will quit the study of whatever you were doing listening to or reading and uh, it's it's uh, imperative that you know the definitions of things. So I always like to look up definitions, no matter how smart I might think I am. I'm more of a smart ass than a smart guy. But um, as smart, <laughs> smart as I think I am, I always look up definitions because a lot of times I'll find out, wait a minute, optimistic. I thought I knew the definition of that. But when I read the definition, it comes out to something different. So let me read that to you real quick. Optimistic of relating to or characterized by optimism, feeling or showing hope for the future. Okay, so... Yeah. Showing hope for the future. So this is a big thing about what are you made of and turning setbacks into rocket fuel because when you have a setback or adversity, it's very difficult when you are in close proximity to that setback or adversity to have any hope or to feel optimistic. Yes. And this is my message, and this we align very well because my message is to be proactive with the rocket fuel concept of turning setbacks into rocket fuel for your future. Because I know how hard it is to be optimistic the closer in proximity you are to the adversity. So, Steve, I love that, man. And, and where does the traveling part come into play? Yeah, so uh, basically, um, I've, I've been in the travel industry all my career. And so I started in 1987 and, and worked, worked through up until about 2004 when um, I decided to start my own business. And... Um, which you know was was a life a lifelong dream of mine really more than anything um fortunately i've got a, an amazing wife who saw that you know that was that was part of what i've always wanted to do and she said look let's go for it the timing's right and i said okay let's do this and so yeah i set up um, our, our, our business in 2004 not really with the focus of earning mega money mike if you know what i mean um for the the business was a vehicle to uh, and an, and an opportunity to to see my two daughters grow. Olivia, she was five months old at the time, and Sophia was four years old. 
I have a daughter um, named Sophia too. Oh, it's a, yeah, absolutely beautiful name. And um, so I, I really wanted to be able to have a positive, be a positive role model for them and see them grow up. And, you know, I've, I've been really blessed with being able to see them grow up and, and grow into really beautiful girls. They're 16 and 20 now. And, you know, you I've seen- have, how do you still have your hair? Because <laughs> look, I only have one Sophia and one daughter, and man. Well, I think, um, I think, I think it's just in my DNA. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got good, healthy. Uh, uh, all my grandparents had good, healthy hair, so yeah, I think I've, I've kept that, mate. So thank you for the compliment. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, so I think with the business side of things, um, it's enabled me the, as a as a vehicle. So I've seen all of their nativity plays. I've been to all of their teacher reviews every year you know i was uh, able to take them to all of their dance classes and stuff and really have a, a you know be a positive influence for them and and so i i feel really blessed about that but also it was i suppose more of a lifestyle business more than anything you know it it enabled me to um spend a lot of time extra time with my dad when he was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer so you know we used to go on road trips and uh, I used to take him to the hospital and stuff, which I just wouldn't have been able to do um, if I was working for somebody else. So, right. so, so you owned, it was a travel company and like a travel agency. Yeah. That's yes. So yeah, yes. we, we sent, we sent people out on trips around the world on, um, you know, trips of a lifetime adventure, you know, safaris and trips around South America oh, and man. Australia and New Zealand. And yeah, no, fantastic trips. Awesome. And, now, have um, you had the opportunity to go places for a lot less money or for free because of your <laughs> position in that? Not recently, um, but yeah, when I when I was working, the travel industry's changed over the over the years. God, I could I could really bore your listeners with lots of stuff about that. But I, I've been really lucky in my career to have, have visited quite a lot of places around the world, and um, you know, and seen some amazing things. Well, um, no, we got to stop you there. What's the what's your favorite, and what, what was the most amazing? Okay, so um, I'm I. I have a, a like a spiritual home in Africa, really, and um, so I love East Africa. So Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, um, you know those those countries, and I love going on safari. You know, I, I am just I am just at home on the savannah. You know, watching the sun rise over the Serengeti, wintry Sussex. But I would say going to East Africa, seeing all the wildlife, the beautiful scenery. You know, incredible, incredible travel experiences, really. those That's the top thing for me. Yeah. And then so you're not much like of a beach relax kind of guy. Um, oh, yeah, I could do I could do it a little bit, you know, for a, get, for a while. But yeah, I'd have to get up and start doing stuff. I mean, we went on a uh, Maria and I went on a honeymoon in the Maldives and um, for two weeks. And I, I, I two weeks was just about enough for me. <laughs> But it, it, well, I tell you what it did do. The two weeks itself, you, you know, you didn't wear shoes for two weeks and it made you relax because there wasn't anything to do. It was hard for the first sort of th- five days, but then you sort of get into it. Oh, it's fantastic. So what what is a, um, I guess, what is a some kind of a story or amazing story that you have um, from the travel that you have done yeah. that, that you can think of that was just like, that that would just be like, wow, man, that was, that's crazy. or Oh God, there are, there are, there are a lot. The two, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two. The first one is, um, in Uganda, I'm, I'm watching, uh, so we trek into the, the impenetrable forest in Uganda. Okay. 
and you trek up a mountain to see mountain gorillas. And it, ta- it took about two hours to get to, to where they were nesting. And it was, and you have an hour with the gorillas. And it was the most amazing hour. It was, they, they call it like the magic hour. And to see these, I mean, you get within a meter or two meters of these huge animals. And, um, you know, a, a couple of silverbacks in this family that we were there watching and lots of uh, a couple of babies playing and swinging on the trees, tree branches. It was just awesome. I mean, it was just incredible. And they have an amazing energy about them. It's, you can't describe it. You have to be there to like feel it. But, you know, and the silverbacks have got like forearms the size of, you know, your thigh. Uh, <laughs> they were huge. It was just amazing. And you can get really close to them. Uh, and, and they don't, they, they have no idea of space. So they could walk right past you and, um, you know, you'd, you'd be within touching distance of them and these wild animals and stuff. Incredible. And how then, do you avoid, how, how do you keep that safe though? Well, they're, they're habituated. Okay. So they take about six years to habituate these groups of families of, of, of gorillas. So they're used to humans being there. Um, there's always a, there is always a risk, but um, it's, you know, it's managed really well. It's an amazing experience. You should do it. I, then, I love I love gorillas, man. Oh, do you? Oh, no, it's it's. A, I tell you, it was it was life changing. It really was. It was very emotional. Um, you know, to be so close to such a well, a beautiful, beautiful animal. And then the the, the second one again. It's it's ironically it's primate related. So we were in uh, an area in Tanzania called Mahali Mountains, and um, there's a and you go chimpanzee trekking there. And it's just awesome. So you're on the shores of Lake Tanganyika, which is, you know, surrounded by granite boulders and these huge mountains as a backdrop. And you're staying in the, this uh, beautiful lodge with thatched roofs over your tent. And, and there's got this lovely beach. And, and then you've got this incredible mountain, uh, the Kungwe Mountain behind you. And you, you, you basically spend the whole day trekking with these, for these chimpanzees. And, um, and you get to them. And you can hear them, you know, you know where they are because you can hear them. They really shriek and, the, the, you know, the, the, their, the noise that they make is quite intimidating. Uh, it's not, they're not like gorillas at all. They're really, they're really vocal and they sound aggressive, but that's just the way that they communicate with, with the, the rest of the troop. Yeah. And so we were trekking up this mountain, going across stream, you know, crossing streams and climbing over boulders and climbing up these really steep mountains, you know, using the tree branches to get up and stuff. It was really hard work. But then we got to this space where there they were. And then all of a sudden, the alpha male comes down the mountain and he, you know, he really beats his chest. And then he slaps this trunk of a, of a tree and he sends this boom right through the forest. It was the most amazing thing. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Wait a minute. This is like a chimpanzee, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're they're the size of like a small child. A a little bit bigger. Yeah. Really strong. Yeah. um, Amazing. And just incredible animals. And they've been habituated like the gorillas. So um, it's a it's a reasonably safe environment. And then all of a sudden the, the whole of the, 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 the troop 
uh, decides to take off down the mountain and then back up another mountain. So we decide to follow them and we're, <laughs> we're running over uh, this terrain and, and up and down mountains to get to spend some more time. And then all of a sudden we, they'd stopped and they were, they were grooming each other and stuff. It was just amazing. Fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was. And now, it was really cool. I, I got to be honest, habituate, I could guess what that means. Uh, but again, I, I got to practice what I preach. Like I said, I always look words up. So habituate to make use to or something. Or I'm sorry, to make use to something. Right. Yes. So they were made used to having people around similar to an America where we see wild deer. A lot of times where I live in Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, they'll come right up to you in some of these areas here because they're just so used to people being around. Same thing with squirrels. And but the, so the chimpanzees and, and the, the gorillas were like that. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, it's to me thinking about how strong those, those animals are to think about the fact that you could do that and just take a chance that one's not going to go crazy like human beings do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, there is, there is always a little bit of a risk, but it's, it's, it's a managed risk and um, you know, everyone, it's very safe, you know, but it's a, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I decided to, to do it. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, memories. So so elephants and giraffes, have you seen all those in the wild as well? Oh yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen elephants, huge herds of elephants. Um, uh, we've seen uh, lions take down wildebeest, um, leopards, and and their cubs in the trees and the acacia trees. Uh, yeah, giraffes, the the whole thing. We've even stopped to the <laughs> to get a to go to a picnic spot in this uh, particular park in Tanzania, and. Um, uh, we got it all got out of the vehicle and then suddenly the driver says, everybody back in the vehicle, everybody back in the vehicle. And we all jumped in and literally at that, that second, this black mamba snake slid right through and under the vehicle and then right down and went into a termite mound and circled its way around into a termite mound. Wow, man. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. I, really I'm sure wild. there's plenty. I'm sure, I'm sure you have plenty more in there. But now let me ask you this, Steve. What is your mission now? I guess my mission really, uh, Mike, um, is to help actually that's a really good question my mission right now is obviously so so travel has been decimated because of the coronavirus so right now i've i've pivoted into um uh, other fields and some consultancy work um because you know when your business doesn't have any income coming in you've got to you've got to find alternatives and to be fair that's not something i've been um, afraid of doing all throughout my life, so it it, it, was, it was fine. Um, but I guess my mission is from an optim. The reason I started my traveling optimist podcast really was because when coronavirus started, uh, you know, all the money was going out of the business to pay pay customers back. I needed something else to do, and so I just I thought I'm going to start I'm going to start a podcast. So yeah, I started a podcast. Had some really fantastic guests on and. And I love it. And, and I've really found that actually, I love it so much. I'd really like to, I want to continue doing it. And so um, that podcast was the start of me addressing a few things in my life prior to, uh, after the coronavirus started. So yeah, I went back to basics a little bit, did my strength finder, did a Colby test. I don't know if you've done those before, but they really helped me find out. kind of yeah, yeah, it's kind of right. like a kind of like a disc assessment, but different, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just had my disc assessment done as well. So, uh, what did you? Was, what did you? What was your? Uh, not your so score, but what was your rating I, or whatever? I've got that on my screen here. <laughs> I am a. Um, By the way, I've only taken the disc. Uh, I think I'm getting ready to. Um, our fe- our friend Justin Breen introduced me to someone um, 
uh, yesterday recently that's a professor at Northwestern and um, yeah. we are going to be working on something together on, I guess it might, it might be a Colby. I'm not sure. Colby's great. I love Colby. Uh, with DISC, I'm high influence and, um, and high compliance and very low dominance and steadiness. So, so um, I was a high I and D. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can, I can see the dominance definitely yeah, and influence yeah, or driver yes. dominance. Yeah, and an I influencer is that what the I is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's what I saw. But I'm looking forward to seeing the other one. Um, and you know, it's good to me. Like I, I like to um, look at my strengths, but and pour gasoline, not gasoline. Let's say rocket fuel on the strengths. But the other thing is like. You know, there's weaknesses that I may have that yeah. they may be weaknesses because I just need to develop them. Mm-hmm. And this goes for everybody. And then there's weaknesses sometimes where you just don't like doing it. It's just not something you enjoy. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you feel good. So I believe that you should focus on your strengths, obviously, but then also the weaknesses that you not necessarily don't like doing, you just need skill for, you should develop those to add to your, your strengths. And then the mm-hmm. weaknesses that you just don't like it, not because you're lazy, but if you don't, if somebody just doesn't like doing that and it doesn't bring them joy, then let those things go. Get somebody else to do because those things maybe bring someone else joy. Absolutely. And uh, you just got to find those people, right? So yeah, so I love you, that, man. Yeah, no, I, I found that that was a, a really interesting way of of building my own self confidence because um, I went through a pretty dark period in the in the summer, um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I said, look you got to get snap out of this, you know, rubbish in, rubbish out. So I went back to basics, as I said, I reread the, the parts of Napoleon Hill's books and Dale Carnegie and, and Stephen Covey, um, you know, reread those, the, reread those books. And because they, I've got a, a library of, of quite a lot of self-development books, but those three are the, the key, the key ones for me. And then obviously your one next. Um, and, you know, realize that everything happens for a reason. Um, and so that helped me sort of navigate the choppy waters of, of the travel industry really sort of imploding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to pick yeah. up, you know, yeah. but it's, it's going to come back. It, you know, next year it'd be, I'll be fine with that. Well, but Well, wait a minute. I think that when it does come back, it's going to be explode and you're not going to be able to keep yourself straight because there's going to be so much of it. That's what but, I think. And that's not being an optimist. That's probably no. being an optimist, but I think that people are just so done yeah. with being stuck somewhere and they're going to want to come out strong. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm thinking big things for you here in the future. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Yeah, but I did. Uh, you know, I did other things. I, I I put a playlist, a my morning motivation playlist on my phone. So every morning I listen to that, and I've got some motivational stuff in there with uh, Les Brown and Eric Thomas, and you know, songs that really sort of um, evoke some emotion in me to to really you know make the best of the day. You know, I reflected on how far things have come really more than anything you know it's very easy to be all down and down in the dumps with stuff but actually if you just stand still and just think well uh you know things aren't things aren't that bad think you know over the last 14 15 years just think how how much we've accomplished yeah and that helped me come to terms with things you know that sort of that sort of made peace with the fact that actually you know things are quite difficult but they're not that difficult really at the end of the day yeah man look here's the thing man i do a uh we do an activity journal every day and then, you know, I just thought about this. It'd be a good idea to do that for the year and kind of like do a, a reflection of how the year went mm. and see if you met everything that you really wanted to goal wise, the life you wanted to live. And if not the new year to me, time, Steve, time is like such an artificial thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that man has made. 
so that we can all be together at certain points at certain times and make sure we show up at the same time, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, despite yeah. circumstances. But but at the end of the year, it just gives it an opportunity to really reflect on the past year. And if you didn't do what you wanted to do or accomplish you wanted to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish, figure out what the reason was. Not make excuses, but what reasons that you can work on to fix mm-hmm. and and to, you know really determine that do you want to live the life you want to live as short as life is? Why not? Yeah. And so that that gives you an opportunity, and I love that 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 you took the time to do that and and put things in perspective, right? Absolutely, put things in perspective. It's really important. I've come to realize, and you know, I was listening to um, I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk about something, and he said something on a on a video. He he talked about four trillion to one, and that really resonated with me. You know, so the odds on on us being a uh, being born in, into this into this world are like four trillion to one. And it, it, based on based of, on the the sperm count that comes in on a, on a fertilization, <laughs> yeah, right? So everything let's just make that clear. But yeah, we, don't, <laughs> yeah. we there's trillions of sperm going swimming and are racing. Yeah. Let's, I, I want to clarify that because basically, he and, and you're the one that made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've already we've already won the lottery, right? Yeah. So you got to make the most of it. Yeah. 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 Where'd all the other ones go? Like, did they just die? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really that bothered. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I should go out to the Olympic swim team. I, I, I didn't really realize I was that good of a swimmer until I think about it. So oh, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, no, great. Well, listen, uh, how can my audience, uh, you know, listen to your podcast, get in touch with you, engage with you? Well, uh, uh, yeah, my, uh, thank you. My, my podcast is on all of the, the main platforms. Just look up the traveling optimist and it uh, with Steve Odie and uh, you'll, you'll find me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to connect, that would be great. Very happy to. Um, you know, I'm all about optimism and, and hope and positivity and and stuff. So, you know, if anybody wants to connect, if anybody wants to talk about bullying, potentially, uh, I'd be very happy to to try and help them and and guide them. And you know, if they need somebody to talk to, I'm I'm always available. So, uh, you know, that, that. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a kind of I don't feel like a I'm a fraud, Mike, but I'm not, I've come on the show and I don't have like a hundred thousand Twitter followers or, you know, 30,000, no, no, 30,000 LinkedIn great, connections and stuff. And no, 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 um, we don't, so, we, Hey, no, no, no. I thought this is an opportunity for you. You said, I think this is your second or third podcast interview that you've actually been on someone else's show. Yeah. And uh, the fact that I have the opportunity because I know where you're going based on your attitude and the type of person you are uh, for me to have the opportunity to have interviewed you early on in this, this, uh, journey that you've started is oh, an honor. You. And I I'm bless thankful for that. And, uh, yeah. And, and I wanted to say something about, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought because I was going to say something regarding the, the show. Uh, what, what kind of stuff do you cover on the show? It's, it's really, um, all about, oh God, a, a real mixture, but it's all about optimism, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking to people that have got some, you know, incredible insight or some some guidance on people on how to navigate these these choppy waters that we're going through at the moment and to lead a better life. And it's a bit like you, really. So, you know, I need to get you on my show. Yeah, and I'll be happy to. And <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, I know what I was going to say now. Talking about bullying, to me, there's two ways to deal with bullies. And I, I don't know which one's better and I don't know if I'm right, but this worked for me. So back in the day, um, one bully um, I never dealt with one bully. I always dealt with four, five, six, seven of them at the same time. Like when I was younger, I used to get, I got, I got jumped a few times. 
And what worked for me in that situation was to just grab onto one because there's so much chaos. And I believe this works in life and confusion too. When things are confusing and things are all over the place, you just got to grab one stable datum, grab on one thing. And I learned this from reading some books, um, but grab onto one thing and then mm-hmm. move on to the next thing when you're done with the one thing. So when I was getting bullied, I would just grab onto one guy and just <laughs> lay into him because it was so, there was so much confusion that they, they, if you grab onto somebody when all the confusion is going on, they don't really have a chance to, um, you, you have a better chance of grabbing onto them and, and beating them rather than one-on-one because they don't know who's grabbing them. And you're so laser focused on just grab one guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then usually you just let them have it. And then, and then they're like, wait a minute, this guy fights back. And then yeah. this guy got his ass kicked so bad, yeah. but he was kicking one, one of our guys' ass. That helped me. One, I'm not saying I don't advocate violence, but that's just if you can't help it, right? Because you're all over the place. Number two, when you're one-on-one and it's just verbal and this and that, or even physical, really explain and communicate to the person that it's a shame that they bully you because really when people bully you, it's all because they feel so bad and they're ju- trying to justify the fact that they're in a position that they are and they're, and they're usually yeah. quitters. Yeah. They've quit on their dreams and hopes. And mm-hmm. if you lay that out to them and, and, and explain to them that every time you do this to me, mm-hmm. you're just reinforcing the fact that you've quit and given up on your dreams. Why don't you let me help you with your dreams? Absolutely. And then just say that to them so that they, you know, when it goes through their head to pick on somebody or do something else, they mm-hmm. always hear that thought, that word in their head, yeah. that those words that, man, I'm doing this because I'm a quitter. And so it's a little psycho- psychological tactic that I'd used. And uh, still to this day, I remind people of it because that's what it's all about, man. It's just because those people have, feel so bad about themselves that they're trying to subconsciously justify the position of the, they, that they have in, in life at this moment. Yeah, and, yeah uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I like to talk about that. But Steve, listen, any final words for the audience? No, I just wanted to thank you for doing a great job on this podcast. It's an, it's an incredible thing you're doing. And I'm really grateful for you to for inviting me on. And um, I hope I, I hope with you know with all my heart that maybe one person listens to it and it helps them. Absolutely, man, definitely will. Don't worry about that. And I appreciate you, Steve. And I want you to wish you to have a great day. I look forward to doing more things with you. And guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy Mike Searock and Steve Odie from across the pond, the Traveling Optimist. Go check out his podcast. And guys, go get the Rocket Fuel book, MikeCrock.com forward slash book, Mike C-Rock with no K, C-R-O-C, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and learn how to turn setbacks into Rocket Fuel and become unstoppable and indestructible. Till next time. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike Rock Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode.